no, no. Yeah, I don't want to poop on it. I just want to like fart, you know? You can fart in its general direction. Captain's Pod, Stardate 72, 73.1. Welcome aboard Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your captain, Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she once got stabbed in the heart by a Norsican, it's Ambassador Danae. Yeah, but the Norsican didn't know that I don't have a heart, so... Yeah, it just kind of missed and like poked out of your ribcage, it was gross. It was very extreme acupuncture. What did you do next after he stabbed you in the heart? Mm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, just like after all of my acupuncture sessions, I had a great bowel movement. Uh, I drank a lot of water. Then I got drunk. And then I went to sleep. For the audience, correlation does not equal causation. And acupuncture may vary or do absolutely nothing at all. How are you doing this week, Ambassador? <laughs> <laughs> We're pooped. We are pooped. We are fresh back from Sin Week. So no live show this week because we had a crazy, crazy like quiz thing. This is like the first time we haven't done a live stream for the episode. I know. It feels so strange. Yeah, it does. I don't like it. I I immediately miss the way that we usually do it. But Mm -hmm. we obviously want to get the show out in the regular timing of things. So at some point you will hear the uh, Sin Week captain's pod <laughs> live show episode which was a quiz but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stay um focused on obviously watching picard and i'm really excited about that but i'm doing okay i did return to a, a house that uh-huh. like my little one missed me obviously oh, but i had course. done a lot of cleaning before i left so that i kind of came back to a house that didn't need a lot of attention which was yeah, nice that makes sense except for i forgot that my house looked really nice because I moved all of the clutter into my office. <laughs> so oh, no. I kind of like open up my office door uh-huh. and it just kind of creaks open. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh Somehow everything yeah. was piled up against the door. Oh, so I have, I have so much, so much, but like I'm surrounded by stuff in my grandmother's house because we're as a family going through her home. Mm-hmm. She's moved into like a, a elderly kind of like, apartment complex yeah and so everything that's left over in her house that she's lived in for 50 some years she's giving down to her children and her grandchildren and her great grandchildren mm-hmm. so it's just sort of like this you can go in and you can go through stuff and find things that are meaningful and so i found like the all of these like pictures that are in front of me so i'm not only just surrounded by chaos i'm also just like distracted by the cool shit like <laughs> Look at this picture. Aww. I'm the one. I'm I'm this one. And this look like it's just me with my cousins when I was little. I'm being shown a picture of a very tiny, probably two-year-old Danae. That is t- wait, are you in the rubber ducky or the skirt? I was in the rubber ducky. Okay, so probably a four-year-old like, Danae. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, and it's just rubber adorable. Ducky. And then there's you want to see one more picture? Yes. Rubber this ducky. is this is me as a flower girl when Aww. I was probably six. <laughs> Oh no! Look at my hair. Wow, that is that that hair is. They, they gave me a perm, yeah, and then they, they did. did like the eighties, like part Glasses. of your bangs go straight up, part of your bangs go down, and these curls. Yeah, you look like every person from the eighties ever. Yeah, and you've got I like know. dark like background as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just I'm surrounded by distractions, but I I am gonna have to focus because yes. If I don't see what's in Picard today, I'm going to go mad. I have seen way too near issue, like near spoilers on Twitter. Oh, what were your near spoilers? Yeah. Anything? What were my near spoilers? Uh Oh, like uh, Jordy LaForge is in this episode, right? Like Uh he has to be. Okay. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. So this week's episode. We didn't know that. Uh, we do now is what i mean yes um this week's episode is called the bounty so last week um we kind Mm. of wrapped up well the week before we'd wrapped up everything with escaping the nebula and now we've kind of reconvened with starfleet and commander row of starfleet security um has come to to speak to Picard and say, hey, you're a changeling, what's going on, what's going on? Don't trust anybody, sacrifices herself to give them a head start, and the crew are now on the run from what we do not know. What's happening this week, Ambassador? Ooh, I think we're going to figure out the bounty on Jack, right? Mm, Makes sense, yeah. It makes sense that there would be some sort of reason as to why Mm -hmm. maybe we're going to discover what his role is from someone's perspective. I hope so. I hope we get further along with that. I do. Go on. Or maybe like Captain Vatic comes back. 
again, I hope that happens as well. I hope we get more of the mystery bad guy because we have like the marshmallow man or person that has like presented themselves to Vadik. Um, and marshmallow man? Yeah, um, Vadik chopped off her arm and then. That was definitely more Pizza the Hut from. Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Do you remember that guy from Spaceballs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. <laughs> it was so Pizza the Hut. Yeah. Marshmallow Man is is super different. <laughs> somebody on somebody on Twitter said um, they did a side uh, like a screenshot side by side. One of the lines that the weird pizza person says is, um, "You are all expendable." And then there's a screenshot of Peanut Hamper, who also says, "All are expendable." So now Ooh. there's a conspiracy that this is Peanut Hamper. Could you imagine? If this was Peanut Hamper. Yes, <laughs> I could be imagine. So mad. No, people would be yeah. furious. Yeah. They would I be thought so you were going to say, like, there was the, 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 the Pizza the Hut guy was like mentioning something about buy one pizza, get one free right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if totally you call relevant. in for a 100%. delivery pickup, a, a pickup instead of delivery yeah. after 7 p.m., use promo code Captain's Pod 5. Um, that, that won't work. That won't work. Um, okay, well, let's get into it. The bounty, I mean, clearly that's got to be to do with Jack. It's, I would imagine be, I'd be shocked be. if We've it been wasn't. Wrong before. We've we're going to see Geordie. I'm excited about that. It looks like we're going to get to the Daystrom Institute. I'm excited about that. Oh, um, okay. Well, we, I mean, I imagine so. Like, that's where they're on course to at the minute to pick up um, Worf and Rafi. So we will see. Well, with that and without any further ado, let's head into the holodeck to watch the episode. We'll see you all in 10 forward. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Ambassador, what would you like from the replicator? Mm-hmm. A little nostalgia juice. It tastes like pineapple with a little bit of like um essence of basil, uh, some berry compote and probably ginger beer maybe some vodka no ginger beer i'm trying to describe an actual drink that we had (laughs) during brunch a couple of days ago (laughs) it was so good and i asked the ingredients and i haven't been able to stop thinking about it what wait what drink was that i don't remember this drink well that's because you didn't taste it oh yeah no you're right pineapple we'll just go with the bloody mary yeah, I mean the Bloody Mary was delicious. We had one. Let's of those just go with the Bloody Mary. You know, so just Bloody Marys yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I want uh, an amalgam of um, some seawater from the 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 San Francisco um, bridge where the bounty was found, just for some extra extra nostalgia. I thought you were gonna say some seawater that was still somehow stuck inside of that warbird. Yeah, the, the cloak <laughs> shit. I mean, there's some whale juice inside that boat as well. Yeah, my, that's what I want. My that's goodness. what I want. All right, well, give us the synopsis. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> okay, go 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 go. In this episode. Uh, if you've been waiting for the crew to assemble, boy, did you come to the right episode, but also still, the party is split. Avengers assemble nearly. Nearly. Very nearly. Um, In this episode, let's see, we still don't know who Jack is, so don't get too excited about that. Uh, We we now know what was stolen from Daystrom Station, but don't understand why that's important either. <laughs> uh, Shenanigans happen. Things are stolen. LaForge and girls show up. More shenanigans happen, and that's it, right? Yeah, absolutely done. Finished. I mean, pretty much that's a super generic explanation yeah. because shenanigans happen could literally describe every <laughs> episode so far. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, this episode is busy. We have the Titan on the run, heading to Daystrom, dropping off the crew, or some of the crew, for an invasion to find the manifest, which will tell us what Vadic has stolen. In the meantime, Picard goes to Geordie to get some engineering help. He says no, but then says yes. And then they return with a cloaked ship and, and beam data? up data slash law slash B4, some kind of amalgam in a new body that has the manifest and the secrets. And Riker is kidnapped. Wow. I mean... What did you think of the episode overall? And what did you think of it as somebody who must know there are a lot of references in here and a lot of callbacks? Okay, I, I'm going to be honest. I've been looking forward to LaForge showing up for so long. 
Mm-hmm. And then to watch this episode and feel bored was really mm-hmm. difficult for me. I'm um, with you. Were you? Okay. Yeah, huh? I feel bad because it's not a bad episode and it's very not exciting. Um, but I don't, we knew this was going to be the highest episode. So we knew that they were going to get into, right? That, I mean, that we assumed. Mm-hmm. We assumed that it was going to be, okay, yeah, we're going to go sense. to Daystrom Station. We're going to get the information that we need. And this is going to tell us, you know, what was stolen and what the next plan is. I don't, I don't think that I expected that it was going to last the entire episode, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, that it would lean kind of heavily on more interpersonality like relationship building because you have like a scene with Jack and seven. You have a scene with Jack and Picard, a couple of scenes. Mm -hmm. You've got Worf being reintroduced to Beverly. You've got LaForge being reintroduced to the crew. So it's kind of like when you go to a reunion or something and you're in a great conversation and then they watch someone else come in and they're like, I'll be right back. And they interrupt that conversation to go start a hello with someone else that they haven't seen in a long time. And then Mm -hmm. just kind of keeps feeling a little bit disjointed. It's kind of like um, speed dating for nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it did just, this just felt like, this felt like this is an episode for the fans. Not only are we going to show all these people coming back together, but we're also going to show all the ships we can possibly think of. We're going to show all the nostalgia that we can possibly think of. Not really all of it, but you know, no, it was lot, just, there was a lot, you know, going on and I found myself writing fewer notes, which is totally fine. And I think that that's a positive thing. Cause I was kind of like just into watching them. I was obviously I'm familiar with these characters and I'm having a good time. I felt like the conversations that they were having made sense, like mm-hmm. LaForge trying to kind of wrestle with, whether to help or not and his reasons for helping and his reasons for not helping that made sense to me um until they stopped all... making sense for him <laughs> yeah but then you know we, there's also things that's like oh and also jack has a brain stuff going on and so it's like wait was that is that why did they just explain what's going on with him mentally with the i hope bro- not that so i don't be. know that cannot be the end of it that's got to be it if it is, I'm so confused about what we're doing with the story for this season. Yeah, it just it feels like that's not that cannot be what it is. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, in your synopsis, we should definitely also just say that they turned on a mach- another machine without really thinking things through. <laughs> um, At least it wasn't people in control, like in command, doing it. Oh no, you mean data? Oh, I was thinking a cloaking device for a second. Yeah, no, no, no they totally yeah. shouldn't have turned on data. I mean, there's got to be a way to just dig around in his positronic network without you would hope awakening him mm. and honestly i there's a part of me that's just really sad about them turning data back on mm. because there we've said it in season one of picard i think we even said it later on that it just it feels like it would be a disservice to this beautiful end to this character if they ever brought him back and I have here said- they're bringing him back there is no way they will bring back data and the excuse here is going to be yeah it's not actually data it's a memory and it's law and it's b4 but the second brent spiner becomes data the second he gets turned on and there's a head tilt and the winking and the captain brent spiner is a fucking genius because he jumped from data to b4 to law all with facial expressions and it's incredible however it is it is it it's is exactly sad. what I said wouldn't happen and it is you happened. did and you assured sad. me it wasn't gonna I happen so I'm mad at you now he you'd be mad at me please <laughs> he did have a beautiful ending and it was. I thought having law and b4 in this season is great because you still get Brent Spiner we still get evil data slash discount data but we can respect the ending that he's already had now maybe that is it maybe we don't see any more data for the rest of the season but this is another notch where it feels like someone really didn't like season one and season two and now they're doing their own thing and yes they mentioned repeatedly that picard uh, picard says this is really difficult because i've watched him die twice so they are not even they're not close to retconning it they're acknowledging it but it does mm, it doesn't sit right with me but at the same time, is that something that Starfleet would do is to keep his files despite his personal wishes of to course. die? In and universe, I think the answer is makes, yes. yes. And and it sucks. And maybe we're supposed to feel that feeling of being maybe. like, man, you've robbed this character of such a beautifully poetic human death. And you've robbed us, the viewer, of having a very 
intense moment that now if I was to rewatch that again, isn't the I'd final be like, moment. it's just not the final moment. And it, it, it steals something. So that was really a bother for me. Like by the end, I was like, okay. And it kind of just shadowed the rest of it. Mm. Like I'm trying to kind of go back in my mind and pull the things that I liked and things like that. But And maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. this is the way technology is going. That when, Maybe it's naive to think that once you make an Android, it's ever really gone. It won't be. That It will be uploaded. They will continue on regardless. So maybe it is a, it is a nod to that. But thematically and for the viewer, and if this is meant to be a goodbye to TNG, for example, it does feel a bit jarring that we've already had this one goodbye and I love it. I love seeing him. There is a huge part of me that's like, this fucking rules. This is great. But it is really overshadowed by we've already said goodbye twice. You weren't happy with the first time we did it. I thought we were happy with the second time we did it. It was the best thing about season one. But we want to have a third go at saying goodbye. Maybe we won't say goodbye. Maybe this this android continues on and unifies law data and b4 and does all of that and fine lives on forever but <sighs> i know you can have both you can have the goodbye that's already happened and this new thing it doesn't stop what happened at the end of season one from happening but it does feel emotionally jarring for me yeah yeah okay let's go on what did you love about the episode and i'm sure you have questions and, and oh stuff. my gosh because there's a lot to like in this episode um yeah of course I, I of course i like things about this episode um but i am also heavily leaning on some things that i have questions about too mm -hmm. that i'm frustrated about so give me a second to transition away from wondering why uh, how it's so convenient for vatic to find deanna of all people when she was looking for people that Picard loves. So hold on a second. Let me well, I, I shift out of that one I thought have, that just is plaguing me now. I have an extra little summary thing. And that is that <laughs> this episode, this episode is the only thing I could think of is messy. And I don't necessarily think messy in a bad way. Bottom line, I'm stumbling over this because I'm so, so conflicted. I love that. This is one of the only opportunities you're going to get to go to the Starfleet Museum and see these ships remastered on screen. How can you not love this nerdgasm? It is, here is a buffet of exquisite food. However, you're serving me this buffet in the middle of a really, really, really important speech. And I'm not concentrating on the TED Talk and the speech and the really important developments that are happening all around me because I'm, I'm looking at this divine steak and this lovely, lovely sushi and all of this beautifulness in front of me. It, it, it felt so disconnected from the story, but I, I, I loved it. I loved seeing the throwbacks. I love seeing Voyager. It looked beautiful. I loved the Defiant. Like, this is the, probably the only way we're going to see high-definition 4K versions of these ships actually on screen. It's beautiful. But this episode, more than any other, it has felt like fan service story. Pretty much separate and not intertwined and interwoven. I think they definitely tried to find the best ways to continue with both. Because as somebody who doesn't um lose uh, my mind when i see a ship on screen understandable that you would probably be in the majority mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think so i don't know it was also just kind of like nicely in the middle for me because i was able to go oh i, re I think i recognize that ship or mm -hmm. like oh that's really pretty looking and they're sort of like they're here for a reason they came here to be able to see if they could have a little bit of assistance mm -hmm. but was there another way for them to do what they did i don't know I mean, uh, they don't end up doing the thing that they went there to do. It's just lucky that there's a cloaking device there as well that they can use. Oh, um, an operational one at that. So much of that. So much of that in the sense. But it's, <laughs> I'm so, I feel, I genuinely feel bad pooping on it. And I like. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to poop on it. I just want to like fart, you know? <laughs> fart in its general direction because I love it. I wouldn't take it back. But I think we're at a point where it's. Because you have so much in this episode. If it was just the ships, I think I would get it. But I am like, I am overwhelmed with Geordie, Moriarty, Data, ships, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Deanna, Geordie's kids. Vadic's back. Iromatic syndrome. And then Vadic is back. And I, there is so, so much in this episode that I'm just, it's like I'm stimulated. I am overstimulated by this episode. Yeah, this is one, this is an episode where I feel like I need to, I need to watch this one 
again this to may really be one get of a like, vibe for it. You yeah. know what? Also, it also is when Jordy LaForge's actual daughter comes onto the screen. Yes. Yeah. Um. Mika so Burton. yeah. So she's now like canonically in this world and i've mm-hmm. been waiting to see her yeah so we also have that dynamic Elantra. to consider it was it was a lot maybe that's why my brain's having a hard time kind of finding mm-hmm. my footing on it a little bit i also you know we've gone from this like really deeply mysterious dark thing where something is turning jack into someone else and then it's yeah. almost like we're completely ignoring that this entire episode except for just this oh i have nightmares and i have like uh it's because of delusions or whatever because i have something going mm-hmm. on in my brain and and there is a bit of a relief to that, I'm sure, for Jack, because he knows he's not crazy. He's just got this thing that's going on. Um, but for for me, I was like, wait a second. I felt like that was much more important than... And like like we said, it might become that. I think it has but, to, yeah. But there was just this... This episode felt like a hard downshift into just like mm-hmm. old school TNG episode. This episode did this thing... I'm kind of realizing as I'm talking that I do when I watch t- like actual TNG... Mm. where I can kind of space out and do something and still keep up with what's going on. Mm. Whereas in the other episodes, I feel like I was really concentrating on what was happening because there's a mystery to solve. But this one, I kind of got to unplug a lot of my hyper involvement. Maybe it's because I'm seeing so many familiar characters or it's just like, yeah, of course they're going to say hi to each other and figure Mm. stuff out. But it wasn't really a lot of new information. It was the characters discovering information we already know. Like we already know that the changelings are involved. We already know mm-hmm. that Starfleet is compromised. Now it's just how are you going to get to the next part of whatever your thing is? And they're still trying to figure, they're like fumbling their way through these plans um, and they're being reunited. So it was like a mental coast for me. And mm-hmm. I think that maybe my instinct is that then I'm not enjoying it as much, but I think I don't think that's true. I still... Yeah loved a lot so i guess to answer your question here are some things i loved about this episode yeah let's do it seeing wharf again he's the makes highlight me so Isn't happy. Michael Dorn just the fucking best <laughs> part of this show his dialogue was delightful mm-hmm. there was this uh line about like um how are we gonna cloak uh, <laughs> uh and he was like with superior klingon technology yeah it's like how does the titan have a cloaking device and he just bam right in there klingons rule <laughs> And there's this sort of like, he still has these quips, but then there's also mm. this confusion with Riker, like, wait, you're a different person. Though that to me was a bit sinful because, yeah, you guys have grown up. There are going to be changes, you know. They have always been combative, though. Riker has mm-hmm. always been, even though he's older, like a younger brother to Wolf and just like nipping at him and like jabbing at him. Like, I remember during, in um, First Contact, um, by the start of that movie, uh wharf has been on deep space nine for a while and he's had to use cardassian weapons and the first time he comes back onto the enterprise Riker just goes up to him and says you still remember how phasers work yes and then just leaves before wolf can kill him so i <laughs> that running through i it, it still it felt it felt very tng to me i loved it so yeah i really enjoyed kind of the humor there um I enjoyed seeing LaForge and his contact lenses that mm. were kind of this sort of up dated version of of this character that mm. would have had a different type of enhancement so that mm. he could see well again that happens in the movies we see that shift so it's it's very it's a it's it's, it's still it's still on yeah, un- consistent that. with the movies yeah. i loved his commodore outfit oh, the uniforms my the goodness. uniform looked really cool it almost looked like he had um like a, a lanyard piece of around fabric, his like, neck yeah, yeah kind of around his neck and it was just mm-hmm. very cleverly redone to where he stood apart um, and even though it felt a little bit of a downshift in some degree, it was also nice to see him interacting with his daughter and that they're trying to kind of mold in a little bit more. I love the scene where his daughter stood up for herself. I mm-hmm. thought that that was a really powerful moment. Um, like potentially like slightly forced, but at the same time it made sense. Like dad, you know, you said they're like family. This is like family. We're going up against something really big here. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to do that. And LaForge said, I wish that I would have done what my younger self would do. And I understand that conflict sometimes, you know, as we age, there's different things to weigh and certainly having children changes things. And I would have never had that perspective until I had my own. And that's something I was always told is you don't really understand until you have children. Like, and I could perceive it before I had children, but then experiencing it myself, there's just certain risks I'm not willing to take anymore because I want to be around (laughs) to help my little one survive this planet. It becomes more irresponsible. And I do love that distinction that Geordie gives, which was, I choose, when I was under your command, I chose to put myself at risk for you. 
So whatever you say goes. But you've come to me now and my family. I didn't ask for this. I'm not under your command. And I'm either a dick for saying no or I put my family at risk. So I I I get it. It is in terms of storytelling, it's an argument we've seen before. It's something we've seen before inside of Star Trek. It's something we've seen in season one when Picard goes to Riker and Deanna on on their planet because he doesn't know where else to go. Um Yeah. So it did felt a little bit stale, but for me it 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 makes sense with Geordie. The the bit that didn't make sense for me was his immediate one eighty, but Well, I, get I think it, it was because his together. child was like this ship is now in danger because we've i have to go help them put this back together or the ship is in danger and I mean, i'm not he gonna could fix it and he could fix it and he not might go he with might them. fix it and fuck off who knows yeah but he said specifically i can't help you and protect them and i think that that at the time made sense to him and then he realized oh if i just shift my frame of mm. mind but he like people are just giving up their careers they're giving up their, their families they're <laughs> I mean, understanding <clears throat> though that if they believe that what picard and Riker and Shaw and Seven and everyone mm. on the ship is saying to be true, there is something major going on and they're the only ones that can save the I day, mean, you know? Geordie's Geordie is saying no in spite of that though. Like he he isn't even bringing that into the equation. He's like, yeah, the galaxy is at risk, uh, is is in danger, but it's not on me to fix it. Mm -hmm. like he's kind of acknowledging that i wish that had been his motivation to be honest um I he, just said, think... he said let starfleet take care of it and she says i am starfleet and yeah, i love I'm that not wrong yeah yeah i think my my biggest this episode just gave itself so so much to do because it's got mm -hmm. to reintroduce geordie some family dynamics it has geordie against it and then geordie on board by the end it just it has such an uphill amount of thematic storytelling yeah. and character growth to do in yeah. 50 minutes yeah it was a lot it's a lot they also gave him that great scene of things i loved with shaw where shaw is dumbstruck in front of him and i loved that <laughs> that was boy. really clever i yes. loved it that was beautiful I did too. he was great it was the right amount of uh stuttering yes. and you know oh, he's um, great yeah that i yeah. really todd stashwick is <laughs> um, him and michael dawn are the mvps of this season so far the other thing I like, I think, was that the idea that um, the machine that holds all of the information at Daystrom Day Station mm -hmm. is an AI golem. I thought that was a unique idea. I did not know what to expect. It wasn't the reveal of what was taken. It was the reveal of like what holds the information. And I thought that was clever. Yeah. I mean, I really, really enjoyed the... I mean, as soon as the crow appeared, I knew that there was something data-based going on. I didn't... I, I did not get that. Um, But he... The first time he dreams, um, he dreams of a crow and he's following the crow and the crow turns into his dad um, for reasons. But... I uh, I thought it was really really clever clever that the the countermeasures that he would put into place would be Moriarty possibly the greatest villain that he's ever faced awesome way to bring back that character in a way that makes sense even though I wish it was the real Moriarty it's a little bit of a tease but it was still beautiful and the lines that he had were so juicy and and amazing and then the solution being the original um, whistling tune that Riker did that's the tune that I wish he'd he was talking about at the end of Nemesis when he couldn't remember the tune a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I just all of that that linked all of these clues back to it being data adjacent. I really liked. That was great. That was the, for me. That was the best fan service in the entire episode because really subtle and woven into the story, really organically. Mm -hmm. The the flashbacks also to the episode oh, that I man. watched with you to kind of prepare for this season in was also very interesting. How perfect was that? I really love being able to reference and we we heard the audio of the Borg attack. Yeah. Um, and then now we're seeing flashbacks to like a young Riker hopping around and yeah. The incredible thing about that scene, and I'm such a dork for this, is that the aspect ratio wasn't four is it four three or sixteen nine? Whatever it is. The aspect ratio wasn't like even on the the remastered Blu-ray stuff, the aspect ratio is still very square. Because if you extend it, a lot of the time it won't fit on the TV, right? Or you end up seeing like a boom operator or you see off of the set because they weren't expect, they didn't know widescreen was going to be a thing. So to see it take up the full whole screen of the TV, that's the first time I've seen TNG fill up a screen outside of movies. It was really, really fucking cool. Ugh, ugh, it's good shit. Yeah. 
I I overall would say that this is a great uh, a great one to watch, um, especially just like getting the crew back together on the ship. I think it's making mm. sense for the story for why they're all together. I agree with they're, that. Yeah, they I have to so. find a way to do it. So I think it makes sense for them to you know all be together. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I I'm excited about the next episode. I'm I'm excited to see what happens next and what momentum is going to carry this to the finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I keep going backwards and forwards on the ships thing because I uh, it, I wouldn't take it out. I wouldn't take out like the glory of seeing all of the old ships because it's beautiful. But it it's just in an episode that already had so that already has so many callbacks. I'm just I'm so distracted by it. But yeah, it's man, it's it's it is complicated. Um, so what else have we got? We have Kirk's body has mm-hmm. been left. Um, uh-huh. Kirk. Yeah, Captain Kirk was in there as well. Oh, so as the they're walking station. around, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the Tribble, the Tribble, the attack Tribble. That I'm sorry, but that's pretty close to how we described it when we described what you. Thank what you. A tribble is. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go back and remember. I'm the one that said little suctions underneath there, yep. didn't I? Suction cups, attack Tribble. I lost it. I was like. Is someone listening to the podcast? That's incredible. <laughs> I love That's the idea so of it being really sweet and fluffy on the top and like terrifying underneath yep. though. Um, I also I also have to say I love the space battles in this one. There's just more really clever uses of camera angles while the ships mm. are flying in and they're all kind of really close to each other. There was one moment when they're flying in, they decloak, they fly in, they're flying over the top of the station mm. to be able to beam their friends out and then yeet the fuck out of there, and there's another couple ones that are hunting them in the background, and it just looked superb. Like, it just was so nice to see them maneuvering and kind of shifting around, and I just felt like it wasn't a choppy experience. There was... Yeah. um, Was it Picard? I can't remember if it was Picard 1 or 2, or even if it was Picard, but there was a moment where they were battling space flowers yeah that's season one and you've got the copy and paste fleet that turns yes, up and it was beautiful but there was so much going on that it was mm. like i couldn't really enjoy the beauty of what i was seeing because it was just like overstimulation yeah. and this just felt clean clear i'm getting to see a really interesting looking space station two mm. of them in this episode yeah uh yeah so this was way yeah. more like strange new world where we're just seeing the ships hang in in the air and it feels like old tng where you actually see the ships fly around each other it this anything in space the show is nailing it looks absolutely stunning Yeah, it looks really beautiful the titan like hovering in front of the sun looked be whatever that star was looked absolutely beautiful um yeah no i i love that just oh the, even the, the opening of the episode you've got the titan signal boy and just a boom, boom, like ships dropping out of warp Ugh, chills love it um, I do love the continuing gag that um, no one likes Chateau Picard. It's like every year you send me the bottle of, um, what is it, like... Bitter <laughs> juice or something? It's like bitter mead, like uh, over-ripened mead or something. It's like, he means Chateau Picard. It's very tart. <laughs> love that. Where I got giddiest was when I saw the bounty, the HMS bounty. So when Kirk and McCoy and everybody, they, they rescue Spock's body, they're heading... Um, Sorry, in order to rescue Spock, they end up stealing a bird of prey and then they go on the run with it and they rename it the HMS Bounty. Um, and then the one with the whales, they take it back to Earth, blah, blah, blah. Um, as soon as I saw that, I turned to Aaron and I was like, um, they're not going to steal the bounty, are they? In my mind, the show just immediately took a hard right turn and they all get onto this bird of prey. But I, I liked the the twist that they steal the cloaking device sinful as heck but i got super chills when i saw the titan with the cloaking effect it was so so great and just cloaking devices are fucking cool like they're just they're big old plot like shoe ha- um shoe horns but um it's how often how often are you going to have chance to do that? It is it was i loved it. I really did. I think it was nice to see the interior of the ship cloaking because usually i would just see the warble from the outside that doesn't usually happen that was really weird here we are on the inside and it's like warbling in and out Mm. and i have a lot of questions about how that works Mm -hmm, but it mm -hmm. doesn't none of it should we answer today because it's like because the answer is imagination but the (laughs) idea that the people that are inside like everyone just becomes invisible and you can't actually see where you're walking 
or what you're pressing I, it's yeah. all from memory because it's like if it's disappearing no. in front of the eyes of the people inside the ship then how are they going to know where to go to the bathroom where you know like everything becomes a question no. but we don't have to go into that it's just it was glitching it's not how that works it's basically a ton of mirrors but anyway um love seeing the enterprise a um, warbly mirrors the warbly mirrors the voyager was remastered beautifully that was stunning and seven getting all nostalgic was amazing um yeah i i will be re-watching that scene a lot um it was it was beautiful uh anything else before we move into some sins nope okay let's go to engineering for some sins let's do it warning warp core collapse in 10 seconds this is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows about sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Go for it, Danae. Hit us. <laughs> um, I think I would probably sin something to the effect of, I don't know, I have I have so many questions about how they're tracking and stuff. I, I think we learned in this episode that all the ships are trackable now. They all talk to each other, like yeah. Borg-like. They're, they're all, all interconnected somehow. Together. They're networked together. So they're able to, like, especially once they're in proximity to each other, I think they can track each other a little easier. So I just, uh, like, I don't know. It just seems like this could have been something that would have been far before now, but maybe not as much time has passed as I think has because I'm going week to week on these shows and it's probably mm. only been three hours since the last episode. <laughs> yeah, a matter of hours. Yeah, 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 it really has. So I don't think that that's sinful, but I am glad that they answered that question. No, I think that's, it. I mean, it's convenient for sure. Um, it's also, <clears throat> it's... I mean, it does make you wonder why they're only sending two ships and which ships are like, is Vadic in communication with all of the Starfleet ships now? Are I think just the idea is that one? a few of them have people in command that are changelings. And I'm assuming they're the ones that were at the, the station because her ship runs off with Picard and those, that was the same place where the other Starfleet ships were. And it's like the other Starfleet ships just seem to not be there any longer when that shot that wide shot where vatic is the end of the episode flying away with picard like in the background there's no starfleet so maybe they're communicating somehow i'm guessing but if they're doing if they're if they're using the networking thing as a reason for why titan was found so quickly why is it just vatic's ships that are finding them because all of starfleet wants titan at the minute they're on the run from starfleet and vatic so why aren't more ships coming and descending upon them and i wonder if it's because starfleet is more corrupted than we think like starfleet is more compromised than we think like mm, but then that possibly just, that just makes me wonder like if you have starfleet in your thumb why do you need to do anything on um on frontier day like if you already have starfleet if you want to cripple the federation blow up all the ships like any ship you have control of just send them back to earth blow them up and there's just there's bits of this mystery that we're still missing that I think uh, that are I think they're really really crucial. Um, sins for me. Da, 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 da. So Jack finds out that he has aromatic syndrome, which is something we find out Picard has in the last ever episode of TNG, and it's something that when he he Q makes him travel through time, and nobody believes him because they assume he's just hallucinating and it's all part of the disease. So it's a big callback to the end of TNG. Um, I don't know. I know Jack has had some bad news, but he's being a bit of a dick and then he's suddenly not a dick anymore again. It's like, I hate you because you gave me this disease. And at the end of the episode, he's like, I love you because you gave me good wit and charm. <laughs> like, so many people go on a big character arc in the space of an hour. I think the sin is also that if there's this syndrome, I cannot believe one ounce of me would not believe that Beverly wouldn't have tested him for that when he was an infant oh it's i mean potentially even in yeah. utero you know i think she is the kind of person she knows picard she knows mm. you know she so. diagnosed picard with it mm. I, I maybe it didn't present maybe it's something that is it doesn't matter buried. it's genetic testing yeah and you know how i'm confident about that mm -hmm. i'm looking at memory-alpha.fandom.com nice. that's how that's how confident you, i memory am alpha because I was just, yes, thank you, Memory Alpha. I love your site. I was so confused about that. So I went and looked it up because I was like, Eremondic, how, how do I say this? But it says genetic, genetic testing could determine if a person may develop the syndrome in later life, but not all persons who test positive develop the condition. So Got she it. would at least know 
that it was a potential for the future. Mm. I just feel like it's in her personality and in her character to have run tests. And then I think her life would have been dedicated to finding a cure. You know, that's just how I feel like I would expect Beverly to be. Um, which is why I'm wondering if this is a red herring. Feels like it could be, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. it's yeah. it's interesting. I'm wondering if I'm missing something about it, why she didn't test for it previously or why it didn't show up. But it, you you would think she would see it coming for sure. Um, this is a really quick one. Where did Raffi and Wolf beam in from? I was guessing a ship or something. Like they still have La Serena. I wasn't sure. I wasn't. Well, I don't sure. know where La Serena has gone. Unless it's uh, they, they maybe they just blew it up. I don't know. It no. was very confusing. But I agree with you. It's just like oh, we're beaming aboard from where, where? exactly? Yeah. The, the the La Serena isn't docked anywhere. They must have been hidden. I don't know. Maybe that's a deleted scene. <laughs> Who knows? Here's a quick sin, possibly mm-hmm. one with an explanation. I don't remember. How is Riker so good at just knowing notes? Knowing notes. Oh, he's, like, he's a oh. jazz musician. Oh, that's an F sharp major. Yeah, he plays carried over the B minus the C flat divided it's, by four. I mean, not every musician can do this, but apparently Riker can. Um, yeah, he plays trombone a lot. He plays a lot of jazz. He is an avid jazz player. So I okay, 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 okay. okay. I'll give him that. But then, how much of a dick is Riker for Warf? Is they're like, how did you know to do that? And he's like, oh. Just an old friend, somebody who dreamed of crows and couldn't whistle worth a damn. They know who Data yeah, is. They know Just Data. fucking say yeah. Data. Both these people have met Data, <laughs> especially Wolf. Yeah, mm. and that was for the audience for sure. I I felt the same in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. I have a I have a big one. Why the fuck does everyone know what Daystrom is and that it's hiding everything? Like I know Riker doesn't know, but. It seems like everyone is aware of what Daystrom does and why it's so important. And I just feel like that needs to be a bigger secret. I know Worf is like in Starfleet intelligence and he would know, but Geordie obviously knows. And I don't know, it just, it feels like more people know than should know that all of these really dangerous things are at Daystrom plus Kirk. I would um have a fun sin when Seven totally slams Picard by saying that he's good at poetic drive-by yes i love that and i would do something where it's like wait a second that's really really good no 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 we should be the ones who do like just kind of sin ourselves for having not thought of it first because yes that needs to be something that has more people looking at it that was so funny she's just like he's got a knack for poetic drive-by what a great couple of words which is so true because he'll just come in say something and then fuck off and it either helped or it didn't um yeah this show is super self-aware um of the tng tropes i kind of love it um i uh, back on daystrom i'm not quite done yet why is there not an army constantly guarding this place like, because why of the is ai it, system why not both if this place has everything that is so dangerous plus data slash law slash b4 why not have a few thugs in there as well why not 20 why not 20 starfleet officers that are just stationed there mm-hmm. one ship one ship why not a phaser array what if we use one of those weapons to actually defend the bloody place i mean it looked like that was a potential and a possibility and a likelihood and is exactly what was happening before they just like had that little hacker system thing it's the, going on it's the, it's the classic oceans 11 thing of we we <laughs> This this vault is heavily, heavily defended. So well defended that we don't actually need to defend it anymore. <laughs> I think I would... I don't want to send this part, but it, would, it kind of annoyed me when Jack and Picard are talking and Jack is talking about these traits that he's gotten from his mother and then he says something. He's like, he can also be brave and loyal and far wiser than any right to be and he didn't know where those came from and they came from Picard. And Fuck I was you, just Mom. like... Wow. They can come yeah. from Beverly as well. Yeah, I had the same thought. I just kind of rolled my eyes pretty hard at that one. <laughs> like, the, but it was beautifully written, and I understand what they're doing. And I, I understand agree. that he's trying to find some kind of a similarity with with Picard, and I and I understand that. And I think that there that can still be something that a child would say to a parent when they're trying to make a connection, even if it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make genetic sense. He's just kind of being kind to Picard. But I was thinking that as well. I was like, oh, so that's not how parents. Work. It's not literally fifty fifty, but. I, I guess that's him being poetical as well. But I, I felt the same in the moment. I was like, oh, so you didn't, you wondered where you got courage from because it definitely wasn't your mum? Wow, that hurts. So, I mean, I missed a couple of things that I actually liked. Um, Me which too. Was, <laughs> let's Should do we do it. like a little aside? Fuck it. You know what? This is a chaos episode because we're recording it at the 11th <laughs> hour. Um, Geordie, Geordie's 
and Lavar's range of emotions when Data beams in is oh, beautiful. Wasn't it so sweet? And then whenever Data's turned on, yes, the the tearing eyes. The the, the last time I saw that was during um, Star Trek Insurrection. They go to a planet that is super healing, and it heals his eyes. And for a few hours. He doesn't need implants. He sees through human eyes and he watches a sunset and Lavar Burton cries. And it is fucking gorgeous. Mm. Same expression during this moment. And just the range of conflicted to angry to upset to is this law, is this data? I don't care in the end. I just want to see my buddy it is so, so good. And maybe that makes it worthwhile because the only thing we didn't get was Geordie being able to say goodbye to data and saying goodbye to his best friend. He was yeah. absent through all of the goodbyes he never really oh, had that chance so maybe so this is for Jordy. this may be for Jordy. yeah all right all right well yeah. i'm still not sure that i like it that much but we'll <laughs> see what they do with it one of the other scenes that i liked that i forgot to mention earlier it also involves Jordy, but it was when Jordy and picard like so picard is like i swear i would not have stolen from you i'm not like that yeah and then they both have this like moment of revelation um, like you installed a cloaking device from a bird of prey and they both stop and he's like, I would never steal from you. And then he, they stop, they look at each other. He goes, Jack, right? As LaForge goes, Sydney. <laughs> Kids, like they, they both know that they have raised, no, Picard hasn't, but they know that they are dealing with younger versions of Rebellion. themselves. It's like, yeah. yeah, this fucking checks out, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's one of my other biggest sins is that getting the fucking cloak. And I'll get I'll get roasted and pulled apart for this because it's fun. And the rule of fun... Are we back fun, in the sins? Are we back, back in, in the, the sins? sins. Okay, the, okay, okay. The rule of fun should work. It's fine. But they managed to steal the fucking cloaking device that's 80 years old and they shove it into the Titan. And I know Kirk has done this before on his ship and they've done it on the Enterprise. But man, did they do this quick, considering that Sydney is a self-proclaimed not-engineer and Jack is a self-proclaimed pirate. Yeah, How they, did really they get probably that to shouldn't have been the ones all. to do it. How no. much better would that scene have been if it was Shaw and LaForge? Oh my goodness, I would have been all over it. it would I would have loved that. And it's not that I don't want to see the next generation of people, and I feel like this yes. is them attempting to hand the show off to these younger characters, and yeah, they super I get fucking it. get it. But yeah, okay, so maybe Jack and little LaForge go over and they steal something um there was that moment where she's like why do you think i broke everything dad like i liked fixing yeah. things with you and i know that that's actually something children do there's really great stories of kids who'll purposefully break something so that they can spend time with their parents repairing it and i think that's a little bit weird but at the same time it totally makes sense aren't we all a so, little bit broken yeah I, I get it and it has to strong arm geordie into well the ship's either going to blow up or i help now so i'm kind of yeah so he's kind of like so he's kind of like backdoored into it yeah but it is just like you shouldn't have turned that thing on you could have blown up the ship you are turning it invisible that is not you kind of like pushing it out of phase like like today's uh today's day and age you find like an old camera and you go to retrofit it and it's you realize that it's all done with actual bulbs yeah and you blow all the bulbs so you get one insane like burst and that's it because it's just old technology and super new technology don't just start talking to each other but we are in the future and uh -huh. there's probably things we just don't know plus he did say it's just advanced technology so maybe it's just something that has the you know ability to be adaptable but that's not why the federation don't have cloaking devices because they agreed with the klingons and the romulans that they wouldn't make it they wouldn't develop cloaking technology as a a goodwill gesture that if you we we will not go to war but we also promise we won't develop cloaking tech um, which is why Burton is like, or LaForge is like, do you know how much shit you've just done? Exactly. And, and how many treaties you're violating? For some reason, Picard's like, dude, I got like a couple years left. This is super okay. <laughs> Add it to my tab. Whatever. It's fine. This is not the worst thing that's happened to me today. Um, my last thing, my last thing in that moment, sorry, was just that Jordy's uh, just like that thing is rigged to an alarm that will alert all of Starfleet, but not you. <laughs> like that thing alerts everybody other than the the head of the ship the the, the fleet museum maybe because he wasn't in the yeah his, his he combat has a should communicator have gone yeah, yeah his combat should have been like beep 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 the cloaking device has been nicked super fucking cine yeah i would also send at the very beginning when vatic she's like i want all of picard's people every friend every loved one i want to know who he buys chewing gum from and i'm just thinking like that's a lot of fucking people yeah that is so 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 many people like we're of course just thinking of the people we want to see 
Yeah. Um, but it eventually turns into being Deanna, which is an interesting choice. Whatever, whatever. I can, I can not, I can understand why they need to do it and still think it's sinful as shit. But I just, I love the idea that these, this crew then spends the next 12 years assembling a massive dossier of everyone that Picard has ever known and loved because that's what she asked for. She's like, I want to know everything about him. Does he go to somebody to get his asshole waxed? I want to know. Like, the, it's just, just, that's a lot of fucking Deanna. people. Yeah. Stop it, Deanna. That would be fine. I mean, it'd be hilarious if they turned up at the Starfleet, the, uh, the Fleet Museum with Geordie. It's like, oh, hey, he loves Geordie. We should go there. Mm-hmm. Maybe he I, would run to honestly, him. Honestly, that's what I expected. But. Yeah, them to just turn up. That kind of makes sense. She said something interesting, which was, um, as I don't care that you're all tired and exhausted, and every ill-formed one of you, and now ill-formed obviously is referring to the fact that they're changelings. But then I was like, ill-formed one of you. She seemed to have like some disdain for the other changelings. I was like, I don't think they're changelings. She isn't. No, she, I think she's a changeling, but the, her crew are an alien race. Something else. Okay. Yeah. I think she's lording over them somehow because they, if they were changelings, would they choose that way of communicating? Would they choose that body? You know, they would have, they would have a choice of what they wanted to do. So my assumption is that they just serve the changeling somehow. Yeah. I'm not sure. You might like another, another Breen. Um, Cause that's who, who did it originally interesting um anything else negative positive um before we do a few predictions i do have a question mm, at least for, for what, what what is b for so <clears throat> in the last star trek movie um they pick up a positronic signal and um it takes them to a planet and they find bits of an android a head an arm a leg a torso and it ends up being a prototype android. So this was something that Dr. Sung built before Data and before Law, and was called B4. But it was kind of stupid. It wasn't intelligent. They turned him on, and he's like, he has the mental age of a, like a three-year-old, and is just kind of like bumbling around, and is like, I like to eat doorstops, and is just isn't the 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 his brain isn't there yet, and they download. They decide to download all of Data's memories, experience, and everything into B4 to see if it will jumpstart him and give him some extra intelligence, and it ends up overwhelming him. Um, and he was eventually planted there by someone else. But yeah, that's who B4 is. Gotcha. Uh, what did you think about the um, Dr. Soong speech? Oh, the Alton Soong speech. Um, yeah, I got it. It was it was cool. It was like a, an explanation for what the goal was here, that um he couldn't build another golem for himself because of reasons um so instead he wants to build a legacy essentially that is i mean data's quest was to be human and sung's quest was to create something as basically indistinguishable from being a human so yeah the goal is to create something that has the wisdom the respectability apparently of an old human that's why he has to be in an old body because that only comes of age apparently um and yeah, it has like the determination of law, but like the kindness of data and the innocence of B4. So I, I get it. I get it. Um, it's convenient as heck. It's all just a big way to have these characters back in one body. But uh, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, he said the evolution is not an act of preservation. It's an addition. Yeah, And that is. essentially yeah. he had made a mistake because it wasn't like poor humanity. It was like poor science. So that was just a, that was kind of an interesting speech. I was trying to kind of follow mm. along with it um, because he's like into this golem. There will be the lore and there will be the data. And yeah. I was like, oh, is that the origin of their names? Is that 100 yeah, okay. percent? Okay. Law is um, myth and hearsay and uh, imagination and data is facts. That's the gotcha. yeah, that's the origin of their names. Yeah. Which I Pretty think cool. is beautiful. I, I love that so much. I did. I just found one of my notes of a funny thing that that Worf said that I wanted to specifically mention. If that's okay, mm, go for it. There was a moment whenever they're getting ready to go uh, to do this heist, and you think that maybe Seven is coming along with <laughs> yeah. Rafi, and so he's like, "I have gone into battle with lovers before," and. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, I'm not coming. And he says, oh, that is a relief. I was practicing deceit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was just that is so an immediate funny. relief. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> I, I felt that. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do there. 
No, I don't. I really don't want you to come along. Um, really cool to just see Wolf talking to Seven as well. That's um, all it's of these trip, overlapping characters that just like yeah. you think. What would it, it would be cool if Seven had a conversation with Wolf? And it could uh, happen. One of the beautiful things about this season is having all of this overlap between Voyager, Deep Space Nine, uh, uh, TNG. It's a dream. It really, really is a dream. I wish we had so more how many, time. How many? How epi- many? We got two more episodes before we're done. With this season? Um, no, we've got seven, eight, nine, and ten. We have four So we'll have potentially left. seven, eight, nine. Okay, so we're potentially looking at four full episodes with the whole crew present, potentially. Yeah, assuming we get Riker and Deanna back. Yeah, pretty quick. We'll cool. see. Yeah. Interesting. I like yeah. it. I like it. I, I feel like we've come across as so negative about this episode, but I I like it. It just had so much to do, and... No, this is this is not a bad episode. It's not. It's just not what I expected to feel when the yeah. whole crew arrived. You know what? And it's it's, a, it's just it's a lot to do in one episode. I think they did yeah. a good job of it. It's a great episode. It, it's a great episode for legacy Star Trek fans. It's a frustrating episode for season three of Picard because potentially. Oh yeah. Although we find out what the thing finally was stolen from Daystrom Institute. Institute. That's the one thing we really find out that progresses the story along, I feel. But yes, I'm I'm happy with this season being a victory lap at the same time. I really am. But the storyteller in me is like, let's do both. <laughs> Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Okay. Anything else? Uh, one more sin was Data throwing out the visual through his eyeballs to Stranger Things music. So I thought maybe we could send that. Oh, I missed the Stranger Things bit, but the projection thing was interesting. I actually liked that. Yeah, I thought it was fine. But there's a fun way to send it. Like, oh, of course you can also do this now. It was very (laughs) R2-D2. It was. It was like R2-D2 met Stranger Things mixed with Star Trek. It was fantastic and strange and (laughs) sinny. Help us, Jean-Luc. You're our only hope. Amazing. Okay, with that, let's head over to the Captain's Ready Room for some predictions. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in our queue like glory if anything we have pre- previously predicted has come true. Well, I won't go through all of them, but we predicted that law was the thing that was stolen from the Daystrom Institute. Massively incorrect. Nope. Moriarty was the thing that was stolen from Daystrom Institute. Nope. Massively incorrect. It's all part of law. Got that wrong entirely. No, um, and there's no exocomp. There's no exocomp. I don't think we're going to see them, I'm pretty sure. But don't worry, you can see me as an exocomp if you go to Twitter. <laughs> My goodness, you can see a, an animated version of Danae cosplaying as... An animated version? That's not... It's like, it's just a drawn. It's like a stat... It's animated? Not, yeah, it's not a live right? action picture of you. Like, the picture isn't animated, but oh, okay, okay, it is okay. an animated version of you. Yes. Oh, I see. Wearing an exocomp cosplay. It is beautiful. Yes. It's amazing. So, I guess the two big things are, what is going to happen at frontier day which we now know is three days away and what kind what specifically is it is it just to cripple the fleet is it to blow everyone up because a ton of important people are going to be there or is there something more specific like is this a presidential assassination is it i mean obviously the networking of the ship seems pretty pretty seems like it's going to tie in i wouldn't be surprised if all of these ships come together at once and then their self-destruct sequences all get activated at the same time is what I'm predicting. Because mm. Geordie's so against them being networked together. I really mm. I really don't know. I'm confused about what's going to happen. I'm assuming it's blowing up. Uh, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure they're going to do something with Picard. I mean, they stole his body. So well, and that's the other big thing. What do they want with Jean-Luc's body? Original they're body. They're going to reanimate it. Why? Well, I mean, there's changelings involved. Maybe, I mean, well, I don't know why they couldn't be Jean-Luc anyway. Um, unless, the, what, what, did that body have Borg tech in it? Yeah, maybe they want the Borg tech. That's a really good idea, actually. Maybe they do want the Borg tech that's left over in his body. But why would the Borg tech for Picard be different from any other Borg expat? <sighs> XB. XB. Yeah. Why not kidnap Seven of Nine, who has a lot more Borg left in her? Um, it seems like a tricky place to break into. Um Maybe that's how they did the organ thing. Maybe getting Picard's body, it helped them to replicate organs because that was the different thing about these changelings that they are able to replicate organs completely. That seems like something that's been like an evolutionary thing for a long time before something was stolen though, right? Because the portal gun stealing thingy had happened recently, right? Yeah, but we still only found out about it after that happened. Um, 
So maybe it's an engineering thing rather than an evolutionary thing. I mean, it definitely seems like if if you're going to look at an entire fleet of ships and they're all together in one location and somebody wants to wipe them out, that would be the opportunity to wipe them out. So Mm. I don't know. I have no understanding of what they're doing and I'm kind of glad for it. Yeah. But I'm I'm also like a little bit like... I'm also a little disappointed because I kind of want some things to be solved at this point since it's been going on for a while. Like, I want to know why they're going after Jack. That's obviously not going to be solved soon. Mm-hmm. I want to know what they stole. Well, now I know what they stole, but I don't, that still doesn't make any sense to me. And how are they going to figure their way through that? Is next episode going to be them making a lot of leaps in logic and then finding out that they're right somehow? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now they have, now Vatic has Riker. So they're going to have to do some kind of trade off, maybe for Jack and Riker and have some kind of conversation there. All this attempt to yeah, get to this it'll be a Starfleet. How do, how are they going to wrap up the fact that Starfleet needs to kind of have some sort of like great purge of mm. the changelings yeah. and also a re welcoming into the fold of Picard and Riker and all the people who are uh-huh. apparently like on the bad list right now? So <clears throat> there's a lot to do. Well, and I don't know how long they're going to be lingering certain details. I'm a little nervous mm. about that. Well, what we know is that now they want Kirk's original body, sorry, Kirk, Picard's original body, which they have, and they want Jack's body. So it's got to be connected between the two of them. There's something they want to do with both of their bodies. So maybe it's, I just don't know. Because so much of it has been exposed now. If you want to slip like a Picard clone in there, like Nemesis did, or try to do, you've already got a ton of people at the highest levels of starfleet i'm just i'm trying to figure out what the connection is between jack and picard why they want their bodies as if we'll find out next week who knows could be could be um yeah i don't know i don't really have a lot of i don't really have a lot of predictions i don't really know kind of what's going on i think there was a moment whenever the changeling was changing in front of Riker, and I was like, "Here comes Odo." Yes, you I know, thought like, that was going to be Odo. Did you too? Yes, I was I like, did. "Oh, there's going to be a good changeling, like trying to help from the inside yes. and turn into Vatic." I was just like, "Oh, okay." You That's know? what I thought. And then you know, Vatic giggles, and I really continue to enjoy that very evil character just she's because great. she's fascinating Incredible, to watch yeah. act. But yeah. I, I just I don't really have a ton of predictions. I guess one prediction is that Jack's brain thing it is obviously something is going on obviously they've diagnosed it so it's true but you know what was that the actual thing that's been happening and if so why did they build it up so intensely and why does it have to do with changelings and why does he like there's just too much there the find me thing isn't there there's so much more to it i think i find it very shocking and maybe this should be a sin that jack hasn't really then talked to his mother about the things that he was seeing like now that we're talking about it that yeah. Is that really a symptom to have the exact same thing talking to you over and over again? Or, you know, yeah, maybe know. he has and she's dismissing it too quickly. There's more to it for sure. There's more to it. Convenient that we didn't have any more, um, any more hallucinations this episode just to kind of continue the, the red herring, but we'll see what yeah. happens next week. Here's a prediction now that uh, Riker and Deanna have been kidnapped, mm. the daughter shows up. Oh, yeah, Kestra. And she joins the Titan. A ten-year-old Kestra turns off and just kicks all the ass. She's probably eleven now. Yeah, yeah. It's been you a couple know, years. She's I the think. new. Yeah. Will. I'm here for it. She's the new Adventure Will Crusher. Girl. She shows up. She's in a rainbow bright costume. Yeah. Quilted. Yeah. Got it. Sweatered, quilted. Unicorn super horn happy, on head. Yeah. Which is in character for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. And she just comes on board like Peter Pan with her little hands on her oh, hips. Oh, she is I'm Peter here to Pan. save the day. Like, da, come da, da, on. Da. Where are these kids? Yep. Let's have the kids where save is, the day. Where's Rafi's child? I think Why we're done with that now. Why did you show them to us <laughs> if they're not going to come back? Yeah, we're done with that now. It was we can't, we're like, we can't we got be. Rafi, to be completely honest. <laughs> amazing okay well slightly shorter episode than usual this week as we are recording against all odds to get this to you without a break but we will be back with you on friday for our regular stream and where we'll talk about episode seven and we would love to nope and we'd love to talk to you in the chat as well if you want to have a chat about this week's episode and episode seven all at once we'll do it all next week at the live stream twitch.tv slash cinema live until then thanks for listening everybody calling me a villain does not do my complexity justice and only demonstrates your simplicity yeah 
And it's uh, we will not be prey. We'll be friendly energy from me. <laughs> I don't understand the world right now. And live long and podsper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I forgot that I didn't log into the one that I normally use. So I couldn't add myself to the thing. Why can't I hear you? Can you hear me? You look so fucking tiny. You look like a child. You look like a toddler. A little bitty idiot in the big chair. Yes, I do look like a toddler in this chair. Like a total fucking child. Hi, Danae. Oh, do you want to talk about this week on the podcast? Charlie? Charlie bit my finger. Two to be mad. Okay. <laughs> the um, dog barking in the background. I know, fine. I have a dog as well now. Um, yeah, you do. <clears throat> this dog is a puppy. It is insane. Uh-huh. Insane. Oh, yeah. Jordy LaForge is on the thumbnail, bitch. Welcome to the intro to the segment.